Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Hey guys, it's it's Davido. Um, I'm just coming here to say uh, that I love the Fallout app, and I would like to tell you about the service that they use to make this podcast. It's called Anchor. The best thing about Anchor is it's free. You don't have to pay anything. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Now, you can even add songs from Spotify directly to the episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So you're going to be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can now make money for your podcast with very little, uh, minimum, little, little, little listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks, guys. Your attention, please. Your attention, please. This is your official civil defense broadcaster. One of the greatest threats would be radioactive fallout. Uranium fever. Where fallout is heaviest, it can even kill those who have not taken proper shelter. Broadcasting deep underground in a questionably constructed survivalist bunker is Dave Chaffins and Kenneth Vigue, and your host as always, Mr. Robots. This episode of the Fallout Hub is brought to you by Nuka-Cola. Try their new multi-flavor variety pack and urinate in eight different festive shades. Hey there, Wastelanders and Vault Dwellers. Welcome back to this episode of the Fallout Hub. I am your host, Tom, and or Robots, and I'm here, as usual, stuck in our vault with my two co-hosts. I have Ken and Dave. Fellas, how have you been? Talk well, at the same time. Go. I think Pete Hines took my toothbrush when he left. Yeah, well, at least he left, because... Okay, so I guess we need to describe what the last few weeks have been like. So, um, if you guys tuned into the the big episode we had with Pete Hines and Oxhorn and Juicehead, we had a ton of fun. It was it was a super good episode, right, guys? We had we had a great time. Yes, so fun, so much fun that Pete, good old Uncle Pete, decided to just stay with us. Um, he just kind of moved in, and we finally got rid of him so we could record this next episode. Um, yeah, so he took your toothbrush. Yeah, he took my toothbrush. Well, just... at least he didn't sleep in your bed with you. That was super awkward. Ah, uh, no. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I have a pitch. I, I meant to pitch this idea to Juicehead um, last time he was on, but I'll pitch it to you guys because he's not here, and who else am I going to pitch this to? Um, <laughs> uh, so you know, like, uh, Siren Head, which is, like, a, a big phenomenon and, and creepypasta and has been made into, like, this Fallout 4 mod and is, like, getting its own game. Um called siren head it's essentially this like lanky like super tall thing that plays radio messages and like scares people and teleports 
well, like um, Enderman or Slenderman. Um, I think that we, his name is, uh, I think, Siren Head. So we need to make a juice head where it's the same concept, but it's just like a bowl of juice on top. And then he like, when he walks, it like splashes over. And then whoever's caught in that juice, it's like acid. That's my pitch. <laughs> the caught in the juice. I'm very on topic today. I'll have you know um, that <laughs> I am right there with it. <laughs> so. Every time you die, all you see splashed on the screen is you've been juiced. Start over. Been juiced. You've been juiced. Or no, beaten to a pulp. Oh, dear. Juiced. But that's when you get the power up. Is he juiced? It goes. It goes into slow motion and it fades to gray and goes juiced. <laughs> you've been juiced. Oh, that's right. That's why nobody visits us. <laughs> <laughs> that or we're in a vault in the middle of nowhere. Although yeah. we do have a weird number of people who just kind of wander in here. So I guess we can't say that nobody visits us. It just kind of happens strangely. That's true. So, yeah. Yeah. So it uh, does feel strange. like we've been here forever. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel like we've been here forever. Um, strange last few weeks. Uh, somehow we were able to get rid of Pete. I don't know where he ended. I hope he made it back to wherever he was going. But yet, we still can't leave the vault, which is strange. Um, but anyway. Oh, hey! Look! The doorbell! Telegram! News from Bethesda! Oh, we, hey, we've got some more, uh, some more Bethesda news. Let's, uh, let's just dive into that. <laughs> <laughs> and even in... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> transition. I, I, I thought we were going down on a tangent with that doorbell. I was like, oh, who's at the door now? <laughs> it's the doorbell. Oh, it's just the news. It's just the oh, news. Oh, it's it's the Dave news. playing with the Dave, doorbell. <laughs> take take it away. Are you are, are you triggering the doorbell? Is that how this works? Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, totally uh, triggering that doorbell. I'm like a little kid um, when they discover that they can ring it or when they have the uh, lock button on the cars and they press it a bunch of times and you're like hey go lock the car and they're like beep 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 and that's me okay. or, or you're um, on a cruise ship and they you're going up and down the elevator and there's like 20 floors on the cruise ship and somebody got in it before you and hit all the buttons and then you're late to the show and you don't get a seat and then you have to completely change your plans and you don't get to see the blue man group yep sounds personal uh anyways <laughs> yeah go, go on <laughs> this week we've got some uh, Bethesda news. Uh, I'm looking at the calendar right now. Uh, one of the things that I want to put out there is that there's a double XP weekend. I believe next weekend um, is when that starts, or is it this weekend? Um, the calendar. Thank, thank uh, the Lord, sure. the sure Lord nice. Adam, for that because I need it. We'll go into that later. Um. Followed up, we've got the uh, treasure hunting event is coming up. That's a new uh, event that they are adding. I'm curious as to what that is going to be. And on the night, so that runs, I think, from the 15th to the 18th. And then on the 19th, we've got uh, Foss not returning, which is always a yes. very exciting time. Foss not. I hope they have new uh, masks. I want new masks. Every I have mine on display in my camp, and every time like somebody I'm, I'm doing like a back alley deal or something, they're like, "Hey man, how much for that owl mask?" I'm like, "It's not for sale." They're like, oh, "You see this plan? I can give you this plan." I'm like, "I don't want that plan. I want my mask." They're like, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, all right, all right, all right, cool. I got 500 ammo. Don't need your ammo. 
Everybody's got a price, man. Everybody's got a price. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see what else. Uh, Bethesda started up a new Discord server. Uh, It's kind of their old um, E3 one that they have revitalized, and they're calling uh, Bethesda at Home. There's a bunch of different channels uh, for not only Fallout, but all of their other uh, great games. and it, there is some speculation that there's going to be some news with uh, their next year releases here in these summer months. We can talk more about that later. Um, the other piece of news is, Ken, you have spearheaded recently. You know, it's it's always fun when we have hosts in the news for Fallout. You have recently spearheaded something. Why don't you uh, t- give us a little bit of background on that? That's the gumshoe. <laughs> I've penetrated deep into the community. Oh, boy. I've put both hands in and I've pulled out. Um, Oh boy. Since, uh, let me see, for the last, I think, eight months now, um, there's like a a role players chat that's on Facebook, uh, a group for a lot of the people who run uh, role play servers, um, the Fallout 5.0, the Vultures, the Free States, um, a whole bunch of people that um, coordinate kind of in this private chat. So we talk about uh, life and the game, uh, and they also use that to frame some of their stuff. Lately, they've been working on uh, the first Machinima series. Um, They're going to have some very special guest stars um, when they release the next episode, I think later this month. But uh, one of the first real role players in the game uh, is no my doc cj martin uh his name is brent fairchild and um i had met him way back at the start of the game when i'd seen some of the the video ads that he put out on facebook in kind of an, an old-timey doctor's clinic advertising stim packs and rataway and things like that um so I started following him after that, and since then he's he's extremely well known and well respected uh, in the PS4 community. But so much so that people on all platforms have kind of heard of him as well and seen the work that he does. Um, if there are queen fights, he'll go down there with his clinic tent and <laughs> set something up, handing out uh, waters and stim packs and stuff for people. Um, all role played in characters. This wasteland doctor. Um, so he's kind of a really unique figure, um, but has really helped a lot of people in the community. If you go to uh, Fight Club 76, we had the Fight Club guys on here earlier this season, and uh, he's always there <laughs> lurking around in the background. But uh, we'd heard from his wife in the chat that their home had caught fire. Um there was only one door out of the place. It's a manufactured home. So unfortunately, the fire had broke out around the entryway. So he uh, went outside and was trying to get the fire put out with a fire extinguisher to get the flames away from the door to get his family out. And as he was doing that, and as they were kind of gathering things to get out, the awning that was over the door uh, liquefied. And, you know, it's burning plastic and stuff on his face, hands, and feet. Um, his feet particularly were, were severely damaged. Um, so he ended up being airlifted to uh, Jefferson Burn Center in Philadelphia, uh, where they cared for his wounds. He had a breathing tube put in anything from the smoke inhalation, which had damaged his lungs. Um, so we, we heard about this kind of horrific story 
Um, we were originally just going to send cards, but between medical bills and the damage to their home, we thought we'd start a modest GoFundMe with just like a thousand dollars to at least be something for them. Um, very quickly, <laughs> as soon as we did that, um, I think within 16 minutes, uh, we hit the thousand dollar mark. Um, and it just continued to grow and grow um, and circulated through the Discord communities and Facebook groups. Um, Pete Hines had heard about it through Twitter, uh, my Twitter when I shared it on there. And some of the Bethesda employees contributed, himself included personally. Um, they put together a, a special uh, care bundle as well that they sent to him. But it was just this massive outpouring in the community. Um, as of right now, I'm going to shut it down the next few hours, but in in less than a week, um, we not only went past the $1,000 goal, we're at uh, $11,440, um, wow. which is just completely mind-bending to get that kind of turnout um, in the Fallout community, which just goes to show how how close everyone is in this community and it's really just kind of surprising. Um, even some of the people at Bethesda were really amazed by how quickly this this ballooned into this kind of movement to help them out. Um, he's uh, home now, recovering. Um, he uh, is starting to, to be able to walk more on his own because uh, his feet were so damaged. When he was originally discharged, um, he needed help getting around, but he's he's good to go now. He, uh, he was back in game this weekend at the clinic picking up his post um he was really emotional his whole family was um about helping them through this process um they couldn't believe it even his sister who's not really into video games and always thought the idea was kind of crazy <laughs> had sent me an email uh and said you know i i've never seen anything like this clearly i was wrong about video games um which is true that's awesome so yeah, it's, it's just such, kind a, of a, such a tragic thing, but it turned out so uh, heartwarming, you know. Every now and then, it's it's nice to see uh, a positive story. Um, a lot of the some of the gaming magazines had covered. We got uh, Kotaku, um, all of which help International Games Radar Australia. Um, we got stuff pouring in from all over the world, including people who had never heard of him or played with him. But I just read the article, saw the story, and contributed to it. Yeah, that's amazing. It just goes yeah. to show the power of community. Very much so, yeah. And I think yeah. a lot of people right now want to want to come together. And I think particularly, I mean, this, this Fallout community that's been growing in the past, I mean, really kind of exploding in the last two years. Uh, I think everyone yearns to work together on something positive and to come together. Especially now, I think at a time where everything is so bleak and we are without control, being able to to take $5 or $10 uh, and do something positive to feel good about yourself and help another person. I think it, it, was, uh, it was timing as well. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Well, thanks for putting that together, Ken. That's amazing that it, yeah, it blew up pleasure. as much as it did. I'm sure... <laughs> like you said, I'm sure they're very thankful for the everything everyone pitched in. Extremely thankful, yeah. Awesome. awesome. Well, I, sh- I should have saved that, that news bit for last, as that would have made a good transition, but I do have <laughs> one more piece of news. 
for everyone. Uh, turn the page. Turn the page. Uh, page 22. Uh, the Free Radicals Mask, uh, which was a quest reward for um, one of the quests the Duchess sends you on for um, looking for a particular treasure hunter. Um, at the end of the quest, if you sided with a faction a certain way, um, obviously, well, it's free radicals mask just kind of sells it out there. Um, you would get a mask with a random legendary effect, and so people were essentially farming uh, this event with multiple characters because um, it was a pretty low-level quest um, to get their role for their favorite mask that they had. Now, this is the only legendary mask in the game that had that like even had that effect. Um, so. Uh, recently it has been uh, revealed by Bethesda that in the next patch that is uh, going out they are getting rid of the legendary effect on the mask um, that has left some people joyous in, in the name of fashion and some people very angry in the name of um, continuing their very very strong builds yeah I'm, I'm a little split on this I, I'm curious as to why they didn't start just adding more legendary effects to other masks in order to kind of balance this out. But I get I get why they want to stop the farming of this specific mask. I understand what they did. Uh, it, it has really, really caused uh, a hubbub in the community. <laughs> um, people were, were quite upset. For, for and also, me, uh, I, I mean, for me, I traditionally when you did some of the original quests even in the vanilla game you would get a random legendary now mind you it was a legendary weapon like even when you did the the new responders quest you would get random drops of legendary gear for completing those those drops uh, i don't even believe can be script but you got them nonetheless so it would be unusual for for to put the effort into doing anything with the free radicals just to get this kabuki mask <laughs> <laughs> like, like, unless you're going to put it up in your base, I don't, I, I don't know if there's enough of an interest to get you to, to go down this quest line. If you're just going to get something that isn't practical beyond has, just has no real use, right? It's just like, yeah. oh, hey, look, it's a cool wood mask, uh, right? Uh, I'm not. I don't know. To me, like the original intent of the outfits was that um, you could wear something without, you know, looking like there's pl plenty of communities out there that like to have like a nice set of armor that's like all, you know, cohesive or even ones that are, you know, kind of piecemeal to make it look like you just kind of like strap stuff to your body and hope it works. It's, there's a, a great, you know, as the fallout fashionista here. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I think the outfit system was intended as a being a way to to switch it up and change things also working hand in hand with kind of their um atomic shop situation and so to me that having like a helmet that's more of a cosmetic piece have a legendary effect kind of takes away from the other i guess cosmetic things that are out there because like i would be cool with it if you could change like if you could put on a different helmet like if there was like a you cover it up just like the armor Right. Uh, right, but yeah. having it just like that, it's like then every single like you could identify every single high level player by their mask, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It clearly doesn't work in that in that way. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I mean, I think I don't know if it was described as being um, 
unintended, but uh, the game was was vetted considerably before launch. So I don't, I don't. I, I think if it was unintended, it would have been figured out by now. I think the real challenge came from how people were getting the masks that they wanted, which you know you essentially play through. Uh, if you don't get the mask you want, you simply. Uh, exit that cell and go back in before it completes in which case you can grind it again so a lot of people were just doing that repeatedly to to get the mask that they wanted and that mm. may have been one of the reasons is that you could essentially just keep repeating it until you got the greatest uh, mask that you were really looking for with the best effect I wonder why they didn't just cause it to auto save on giving you the mask I'm not sure. I think that's just how the cells work. Yeah, yeah maybe maybe it's more fundamental than that. Because that, that would, you know, once you get it, you go, oh, well, this is what I got. There's no opportunity for me to exit and re-get it. Yeah, like once you get it, it's locked to your character and that's right. it. Right, like that's it. That's the one you got. You can trade with someone else, but that's yours. See, my thing is I wish that, oftentimes I wish that there were more legendary effects in the game, but I'm thinking about like Foss not coming up with those masks and how those are kind of like really the the things that people are looking for. What if these masks have like some like weird, like useless effects? Like the owl mask gave you legendary, like it gave the legendary effect of just like giving you wings. Like you just had wings. Or, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like the witch mask, like... It made it look like that you were always like poisoned or something like <laughs> right right or something that gives you like big head mode in NBA Jam yeah yeah <laughs> and you're just like have a swollen head the old man winter mask you you could uh, shoot icicles yeah <laughs> just have they snow put- swirling around you like in Mortal Kombat yeah they brought us into a test room for like okay what features do we want to add and we're like big head mode everyone would be like shut <laughs> up we want magic we want magic in a science fiction game. <laughs> I'm a giant shoulder pads. Like, wow. What? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as the news, uh, that is it for um, what we've got today. Well, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, let's move on to our Fallout 101 discussion for the week. And this week we're talking about, you know, if you just pick up the game, what important tips would we want to give them? Tips, so, tips and tactics to new for new players. So I wanna, I I want it to be like, what is the like number one, like most important tip? Like if you were off of Fallout seventy six or you never got into it until just now, it's like, what's the one thing that like hasn't been, like for me, it's like stuff that hasn't been even in other Fallout games that I I play, um, like this one. So for mine, it would be up until pretty much. I mean, I wouldn't say even stop at level 50. I would say this is just a constant thing. Uh, pick up everything. Every single weapon. You're going to be over-encumbered and just scrap a bunch of it. Just start, just like, going a scrapping game. Because through that, you get mods. Yeah. And to me, as a low-level player, like, well, when I was a low-level... When I was the Wii lad, um, the mods were probably the most important thing as far as, like, getting like powerful weapons and getting that stuff up and that stuff carries over when you're you know level 100 or whatever and you're walking around trying to find your legendary role you want to mod it out to your liking um and i mean even with late game weapons it's so important with like handmaids 
um, which are probably the I'd still say the number one like go to weapon of the game. They're kind of the the Swiss Army knife of um, ranged weapons within the game. You're still going to want to scrap those just so you can learn the different mods and different stuff. So that's my one tip. Yeah, it's a lot easier to do it while you're just leveling than it is to go back and purposely farm it. Right, because you're most likely moving your camp pretty pretty frequently because you really don't have much of one set up. Um, and so you're closer to your stash box, to all the scrap, to train stations and so on. So my tip would follow almost directly on the heels of yours in that I think one of the one of the best things you absolutely can do if you want to get the most out of your leveling experience is to pay for one month of Fallout first or more, but at, at least one month and get your scrap box and get your pop up tent because as we all know in in Fallout games, you're constantly playing the inventory management game and in my opinion, that takes away from the enjoyment of getting through the quests and enjoying the content. Um, it also means that you are going to fill up your stash at some point through the leveling process, and a lot of it's going to be scrap. Yeah. So if you can get this, the scrap box and you have the pop-up tent, then you can place that wherever you are in the moment in order to just dump all your stuff in it because you're, you're not necessarily going to have your backpack. You may not have a lot of strength. You won't have power armor to help carry more weight and none of that stuff. So it allows you to just pick up everything that you want and every 30 minutes or hour, however long it takes you to hit that maximum limit of weight, dump off all the scrap and then keep going through with the quests. And then you spend way less time dealing with the inventory. And then later on, when you no longer have Fallout First, you still keep all the scrap. So once you get to the point where you're building out your camp more and you're upgrading your weapons and items and repairing stuff or whatever, then you have all that scrap that you can just start pulling from without having to worry about running out of space in your in your regular inventory. And to me, like you shouldn't be like from a low level, like you really shouldn't be saving that much in your in your stash outside of scrap. And so if you're playing and playing and you're like your scrap box tends to fill up like you're playing this game for a good bit and so it may, it may be something to consider also if you get fallout first you can become one of the um, power rangers uh, which come in a variety of colors including <laughs> olive uh, slightly tan slightly gray a little bit more plastic and uh, i think there's one more but i forgot and together they get the um the you get liberty prime except he's very uh uh gray He's very gray. He's very gray. <laughs> and what's what's your tip? Mine is very simple. Take your time. Money. Oh, time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's one of the biggest ones because unfortunately, um, because we were waiting for this for, for quite a while when it dropped, I know a lot of people who really binged the main quest line uh, and got it knocked out very quickly. And once you do that, there's kind of no going back. Uh, and then you're you're in the end game of you know grinding for a rep and bullion, um, which can be kind of tedious as opposed to just enjoying the experience, which is kind of how I've been playing. Well, partly because I haven't had as much time as uh, a lot of people to play through. So I stay kind of hyper-focused on, on what I'm doing with a main quest line. But beyond that, I promised myself I would swear off fast travel. 
And doing that, you get a chance to run into a lot of the new encounters that they put in the game. There are over 40 of them. So you have a chance to run into some really unique scenarios that didn't exist in the vanilla game, and even locations that are unmarked that are now added. Um, like, Tom's of, <laughs> like Tom's robot. Like Tom's robot. Tom's <laughs> robot. Thanks, um, Bethesda. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely a nod. Uh, that's that's too coincidental. Um, poor poor buddy bot. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, just take your time and enjoy it. Don't feel like you need to, to grind through it so quickly. The other reason that's important is if you're in a, a, a discord group or a faction, you're playing with friends, um, it can be difficult for you to focus on the storyline, much less the kind of the lore and what the NPCs are saying if you've got you know eight people yelling in your ear as well. Um, so bear that in mind to kind of uh, take your time, focus on the story, even if you have to do that with just one or two people as opposed to a whole group of people. Yeah, good solid solid points there. Yeah, yeah, get through it and take your time. Pay attention to the story because it's and cool. drink drink plenty of water in game, off game, just every day. Don't drink your body weight. Towel. No. <laughs> I put an I Advil in your lunchbox. Cool. So the next thing on our list is Wastelanders, and I'm going to point out here. Dang I don't know. I don't know who put. I don't know who put this bullet point in here. Main story. Story. Um, I mean, that's the that's the one that that, that made the show notes. Um, before before we get, I, I just want to check before we actually get into the, the segment. We're um, telling the story of the main story. It's the story it's story. The main story story. It's totally um, meta. Yeah. It's, <laughs> um, uh, let's see here. Uh, so, is everybody cool with this kind of like setup for discussion? I feel like that if we talk about the story first, we're gonna naturally get to a few of these things on here but i just kind of wrote down stuff to make sure that that we remember to um uh, talk about it and sometimes i got you know i I wrote this i think late at night so like the companions are like spaceship girl bartender boy six string tickler (laughs) west johnson is grandpa um (laughs) so i i haven't gotten through most of this yet i mean i've played a good i don't know 12 hours of it but Mm -hmm. i'm and i can talk about this it we may want to just relay our own experiences up to this point rather that's than getting I, through all the stuff that's what I, uh, that's what i'm kind of uh, i'm kind of thinking is like we kind of talk about where we are currently yeah um, in the story and and mm-hmm. be able to kind of fill in those spaces as we as we go on um so i probably have gotten the farthest out of everyone um i'm now flying around in my jet pack uh feeling very happy about that um yeah but so um, that may be I'm probably the least for this, so maybe I should start and explain to you how I've approached things and how far I've gotten. Yeah. Okay. So we, well, can, so we can restart the segment. All right. So, <laughs> so let's move on to talking about Wastelanders and our own experiences in the game. And I'm going to go ahead and start because I think I've had the least amount of time to play. I've, I've spent probably 12 or 15 hours so far in it. And I had the brilliant idea of starting a new character who I named Lance Johnson, who is the sexy, sexy boy. Mm. Uh, no relation to Chad Johnson. Or what about there. Lance Armstrong? Or Lance, maybe Lance Armstrong. I don't know. Um, and he's, he's a sexy, sexy boy. And his, his goal is to go charm the wasteland. And he's a level one character. And I got into the Wastelander stuff started focusing on that content and then very quickly 
kind of leveled out of my my range to be able to do things without having to do some of the other quests, which I've already done. So I wasn't as interested in redoing the quests that I've already done. I want to see the new content. So I switched over to Derek and people who listen to the Fallout Lorecast will remember Derek. He was the good, good clean boy that I've been role playing on stream. And he only made it up to about level 18, but I figured that was far enough along that I could get him up to 20 and then I could get into like the level 20 stuff. So I started over, got Derek running around the wasteland. He is now uh, conceiving of himself as a superhero who is trying to save everyone. And that's why he's trying to get along with the raiders and and the uh, settlers all at the same time because he is a superhero of the wasteland. And he uh, uh, also has now gotten to a point where he is out-leveling or the content is out-leveling him. So I'm a little bit down both of those paths for the Raiders and the Settlers, but I've definitely hit this point where it's kind of getting difficult. All And I've been trying to do most of this on my own. Sometimes people will pop in the stream and run around with me, but for the most part, I've been trying to just see, can I, can I get through this as a single player experience? And part of the, part of the issue with Derek is that all of his points are in strength and luck. So he's terrible with guns. He's really, really bad with guns. Um, and yeah. He's, he's, a, he's just, a good he's boy. A good time. boys, you know, you know, he, good boys don't hold the guns, you know. They're yeah, well, guys. that was the thing is that he just, he just, I mean, he loved laser guns, but regular guns were too scary for him. So exactly. Uh, so yeah, but he, he's, he's having, he's struggling. He's struggling with some of the content. So I'm going to have to do other things to level him up as well. So now I'm considering, okay, do I just go back to my main character? Who's like 80 something. Cause he's got like 300 hours in the game or whatever that's at now and um you know could easily get through all that content but now i'm no longer role-playing either of these two funny characters which i would rather be doing so kind of kind of in a dilemma of which which way i want to go with it ken what about you where are you at right now right now i got with beckett's quest uh i have charmed and beguiled him uh, we are just about to head off to the Watoga Underground, uh, which I'm really mm. looking forward to checking out. Um, I plan on really exploring and taking lots of pictures down there. Is that uh, your honeymoon? Uh, no, that's, that's your that's, honeymoon location. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be like that scene in Titanic. <laughs> Paint me like one of your French girls. Yeah, um, do that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, take lots of pictures. Uh, I'm going to take lots of pictures down there uh, in the main quest. Maybe uh, down, down in the in the under. Oh, in the underground, not in the underground. Down, not, oh, not, okay. Not yeah. pictures of his down there. Got it. Wow. Why Got not it. both? Okay. Um, All right. The other thing that I really enjoyed is I'm at the point now where um, I the stealth suit is being fabricated currently. Um, by the settlers um, with the raiders I'm helping them with a few quests Hornwright Industrial I got a chance to to see the mother load um, which is just talk about a unique and, and fascinating entity uh, the voice of that when you get a chance to hear it reminds me an awful lot of mother from the movie Alien it has that same kind of monotone yet sickly sweet kind of female voice yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. She sounds just like Mother. Uh, 
but it's kind of an interesting character that you can you can ride around Appalachia in uh, once you get through the quest line for the settlers uh, and discover the communist base down in the deep. Uh, so I did all of that stuff. I haven't gotten to do the vault raid yet. Okay, all right. cool. Um, all right. so, Dave, how, how far have you gone? Yeah, so um, I have. Uh, I decided that um, with my free time, I was going to um, kick ass and chew perk pack bubblegum. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Is that the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the that's, that's part of this okay. game. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have gotten through the main quest. I've done all the companions. Um, I am right now doing a little bit of grinding, but it's not necessarily... I don't know. It doesn't feel grindy to me. Um, but uh, it's it's nice. Um, I kind of kind of like the, the where the end game is at. Um, I have bought the Secret Service... Um, armor plans and um, jetpack plans and I am currently working on building those um, actually no I built those already yeah I, d- I did that um, so I had to re-roll with their new uh, how they're doing a bunch of the um, stuff that you buy at the end game uh, you use um, a legendary modules and then you start rolling and so I rolled a good enough one of the of the chest that was kind of better than the other one put that on my body strapped a jetpack to it and now I get to to float above the peasants of um, <laughs> the peasants. And so now it's like you know I have a base that's um or a, a camp that's in Charleston. So you get a lot of low level players there. And there was the other day that this person was like following me, and then it came to a cliff, and then I like jet padded jet packed from like a cliff onto a building, and this person just stood there, and I could imagine they were like, "Wow, look at him go, the legend." Um, so majestic. So majestic. Someday, I might so be I, like him. I've managed, and I, I, I've spent. I let's not talk about time in this game because, the, because I, I too, I, I refrained from fast traveling. I did fast travel through the companion quest because oftentimes I was like, all right, let's let's get this show on the road. Because um, sometimes it's, it's a little bit like like bring me, please bring me an apple now, please bring me a peach now, please bring me this. Um, so oftentimes the back and forth um, with some of those random locations I fast traveled but through the main quest I stuck to the path found a lot of like crazy interesting things um, particularly in the forest is where I found most of my like interesting encounters and that kind of stuff um, so that is particularly um, where I'm at so most of us have gotten through the wayward quest line right I think that's where the level cap is, right? For for you, Tom, like right for twenty. I think that was the twenty level cap. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're through that. Let's talk about that some. So that's kind of like I guess the first introduction to the new way of playing this game. So what did everybody think about that? As far as like from the characters of um, Duchess and um, I mean the, the ideal character Bess. <laughs> the, the robot with the um... Bessie, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I love, I love the um, personality in this. The personality, the performance, the characters that you're meeting, um, the way that things can. I mean, things are still a little railroaded into like, for the most part, most decisions will end up in the same path. But the, you know, the way it branches and then comes back in is a little bit different depending on. How you answer questions, which I've had the ability to explore, having different characters get through some of the original or early content. So 
So that's interesting. Um, I, I did a poll on Twitter and I'm going to pull it up um, and ask people what their favorite part of West Wastelanders was. So let me let me get to that in a second. But um, Ken, what do you think about this? I liked uh, I liked it a lot. I'm curious because I didn't uh, I played through the quest on my current character that, that I had from the original game. I haven't started over. I think um, in the original game, you don't start getting skilled in using your camp and whatnot until you make it all the way to Morgantown Airport and start up with the new responders. So you're kind of left to your own devices this whole time, as opposed to getting some of Mort's uh, helpful uh, tips from his tapes. Um, Those are great. The, the, uh, as as somebody really, who's already built like a bunch of camps and done it all, I still listen to all those and they were really funny because it was all, it was like if I tried to like make a tutorial like of how to build a camp, I'm like, uh, first you get the wood and you put it on the ground. Yep, on the ground. Yep, that's the right one. Yeah, uh, so I haven't seen how that is going to be that different. All of the the characters at the Wayward were really interesting. Um, when you finally get a chance to to decide um, if you are going to to leave Crane or save him after you find out he's been converted to a scorched, mm-hmm. um, that was kind of an interesting reveal that he'd been stashed up there the whole time, <laughs> just in the Wayward. Um, yeah. So also. I had a- I had a very interesting uh, second encounter with that when I played Derek because we, we went into the room and then as she's talking before even the dialogue options came up, Derek, she's like, somebody said something about uh, smack him and, and wake him up or something like that. There's a line there that says that. So I just had Derek punch him and he died like right then one punch dead and she freaks out on you. And I was like, Whoa, I, I kind of thought it would be funny just to smack him because they said to smack him and, and, you know, figured he might take damage, but wouldn't, you know, like oftentimes it doesn't break the canned part of a game to do something like that. But no, he just, he's just dead and you get absolutely reprimanded by her. She just freaks out on you. Interesting. I thought that that was really interesting. I mean, it it still moves on. um, And eventually the conversation comes back around to probably some of the lines that happen if you decide to um you know help by taking him out of his misery that kind of thing but i'm curious yeah. for a run through now with like if you do the most chaotic things possible like you just like constantly like cause as much chaos as you can in that run i'm interested mm-hmm. to see later on down the line what people if people are doing that and what that turns out to be yeah because some way they they still have to get you through the content they're not going to cut it off but the characters, at least in this case, really do respond to it. So at least there's that. Yeah, I think I might do that on my, my new character. <laughs> Just be a yeah. complete sarcastic, uh, chaotic mess. Yeah, I found that but really yeah, interesting. So, yeah, I enjoyed um, that part of the Wayward. I enjoyed uh, exploring the mines and stuff again, um, mm-hmm. doing all of that. That was really great. There's, there was this, um, so with the farm, you go to the farm and the free radicals and there's kind of this choice you have to make. It's like, do I want to like, is it worth it to completely dismantle the free radicals to save this like little farm that is like on the coast where they don't even really like you or want you to be there. So essentially like playing through that, it was like, I kind of, I, I played a lot of this game, like kind of how I would play myself, I guess, in that situation. Um, 
and I was like, well, I don't really want to fight all of these people. And so I kind of felt like an asshole just going down there and being like, hey, uh, listen, can you just leave the uh, the wayward alone? Uh, you, you don't have to do anything else. Just do that. And I had high enough charisma or strength or something. And they were like, oh, yeah, sure. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. If like, you have okay, a lot cool. of strength, if you have a lot of strength, they go, OK, OK, fine. We'll leave them alone. Yeah. The, so, other, uh, the other cool thing about them, when you explore through that base, you find out that they arrived kind of Mad Max style with these, uh, they're building these crazy vehicles and they're just going to tear through Appalachia. So it's yet cool. another, it's another tease of, uh, here are vehicles. Oh, and you can't uh, drive them. Uh, can't drive them. Yeah. So going back to the, the whole scorched thing, uh, the, the question about like, having somebody you know becoming a scorch and what you do about it so i i that was one of the polls i set up two polls and on that poll i asked the question your best friend becomes a scorched do you kill them yes or no put this on on the uh follow lorecast uh twitter 53 votes 86.8 percent said yes which means 13.2 percent said no i thought that was interesting interesting. yeah Uh, there's a good like if you look at so like I when I did Vault Boys I had um it, I fortunately one of my very good friends went in is like a, a doctor for like some like research organization up in New York I, I he's told me about his job but he has one of those jobs where it's like eh uh, he's pretty uh, uh close to the government in that aspect um and he's talked with me about how like the scorch plague is a lot like the um like ants getting uh the that fungus that kind of overtakes them uh-huh. where yeah, it takes over their minds yeah um yeah. and they get that kind of hive mentality and it's interesting now in the game they've alluded to the fact that they're kind of like still in there a little bit just in uh-huh. some of their interactions right but they oh like they are mainly controlled by this hive mind itself and so it's like i'm curious if there will be like if they will cure it, you know, there'll be people who come back from it and somehow regain their humanity. Yeah. 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 That, it's a really dark place to be like trapped inside your own body and have your mind be kind of controlled by somebody else. And you, I think you can hear it a little bit in the dialogue you hear of them because sometimes they'll say things like, um, don't they talk about how they're in pain or yeah. they, yes. like, they mutter to themselves things and then they go, you know, get all upset when you, when they see you. But yeah, there's, there's something else going on with that. I do so know the, that, that my favorite dialogue, um, happened in the wayward quest when you're trying to, um, get the robot body for, um, I think it's, I forgot the name of the robot. Um, but you walk in there and there's this whole dialogue tree where this robot has not seen that, that works in it's a robot that works in a robot shop and he's not seen anybody for years. Um, yes, and you and you walk in there, and then he thinks you're a ghost. <laughs> like, oh, you're a ghost, and yeah, you can be I like, "Oh, that. I'm not a ghost," but you can also be like, which is what I did. You can go at a whole tangent where you're like, "I'm the spirit." Yes, you get the robot. That's exactly what I did. Yeah, so having having tried both, uh, if you can either go and say you're a ghost, or you you can say that you're not a ghost. If you say you're not a ghost, he doesn't believe you. Well, that's funny. <laughs> it's it's good. It's good both ways. And he's like, oh, he says something like, okay, like I'm going to believe a spirit or something like that. And it's like, oh, that's great. He <laughs> just just makes up his mind on his own. I think exploiting gullible people is like one of my favorite things to do in a video game with social interaction. <laughs> 
So um, going back to the other uh, the other poll I put up before I forget and we move on to other stuff. Um, so I wanted to find out what people thought was the best part of the Wastelanders expansion. And I got 63 votes and it's fairly evenly split. So I, I have four different options here. Dialogue and voice acting, characters, story and quests, or new content and the end game stuff. And it's 22%, 22%, 30%, 25% point with digits after them. So uh, the two lowest are split between dialogue and voice acting and characters as the best, but still got 22% each. The next highest is new content and end game. And the, the highest with 30%, which is only a little bit higher than the others, uh, story and quests. So I think what that says is that they're knocking it out of the park in all of these different ways that people like everything and it's a, it's a hard decision yeah, what have you guys thought about the new dialogue system I am glad that it's back I would prefer um, a little bit I think we're, we're offered the illusion of choice um, but like Tom mentioned earlier you, you kind of end up at the same place I would love to see more of that, more divergent paths based on, you know, how much of a wasteland dickhead that you are. Yeah. Like, yeah. like if that has real consequences and you kind of immediately alienate yourself and you have to find a new way of, of getting to the end goal. Yeah. I, but I think it does a better job where in the last game, it was kind of like, at the end of the day, you're a hero to somebody. Like, you can play through this game and get to the same place, but, I mean, you can be, like, everyone can think you're an asshole at the end of it. Like, right. <laughs> like, like the character's perception of you can be very different, <laughs> and you can still get through everything. But, I mean, if you... It would be hard to do it in an online game where, like, there were, like, hard locks if you chose something else. Um, and I think having a divergent story path, would you would need to make more of that instancing... Um, and I mean, you would need to like change how locations react. I, I feel like that that would be rather it, yeah, hard. Yeah, exponentially more difficult in a multiplayer yeah, game sure. than it does in a single player. Um, yeah, it, but you know, I think I think it's probably going to take more testing on our part, playing a complete contrary position to what we played before, in order to just see the different sides and what things come back around and what things don't. I would like to say that this is probably the best dialogue system of any Fallout game. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Um, you have way more control over what your character says, um, as well as like so many skill checks for so many different ways to take a conversation yeah. and to do things. And it's not, it's not always like this skill check means you're going to get a good thing or you're going to get what you right. want. Yeah. It like sometimes it's better to like think about what you're saying rather than trying to like up your you know get your strength and always choose the strength option. Sometimes it's like no, I really just want to help this person rather than trying to extort them for more money. I was also I, I, surprised that the the numbers went as high as they do. Like the highest number I've seen for a skill check so far is 12 and I, I was kind of expecting it to top out around 10. But I was like, wow, they really do, you know, like if you min-max a character a lot in one thing, then you still get even more dialogue options. I'm curious. I'm curious if it, un the unyielding armor gives you like a lot of stats if you run a bloody build and those affect your dialogue options. I'm curious if they're going to keep with that. 
uh, because that kind of opened up access to literally every dialogue option for me in the game. Um, and oftentimes it was, you know, it's fun to have like this character that has all these different ways to progress through conversations, but I'm curious if they'll keep with that or if they'll just lock it to what perks you have. I mean, perk points you have. Yeah, my favorite interaction with with that particular system is when you go back to the mountainside bed and breakfast where you were before, where you pick up the last overseer tape, and it's just kind of a, a cool area in the, the middle part of the map to the south. You go back, and now there's a proper bed and breakfast there. As you're talking to the new proprietors, you have the option to check in. There's also a skill check there. If you have high enough perception you can detect that something's wrong. And there's two ways that you can play this. Either you can check yourself into a room for the night, uh, which I did, or you can do the skill check uh, and see what happens. If you decide to go to sleep, uh, you go upstairs to your room, you lay down, you go to sleep, and it immediately starts this (laughs) triggered uh, event where you start to hear voices next door from some hungry, hungry cannibals. And as you're listening and sleeping, you can hear them planning on coming in and eating you. And at that point, you can do a few different things. If you get up and you have a cannibal perk yourself, um, you can immediately uh, counter and say that you're hungry, in which case you can chase them down and eat them yourself. Uh, You can also kill them at that point. Or uh, going back to earlier, if you pass that skill check, you can skip all of that you go downstairs and you find them in the basement. Um, There is a chainsaw down there, one of the few that you can grab in the game. And if you look on the wall, you'll also notice the symbol for the gourmands. Uh, Mm. They made made a return to Appalachia. I I experienced that event and I thought it was great when like you're sitting in the room and they're like, all right, we're going to go in. Yeah, that was And then they come in and then I killed them and then ate them because I was also a cannibal. And I, I feel like that that was pretty like, like justice was served. I'm the good cannibal. Was served? Uh, there good. should have been a steam achievement for that, like tables turned or something. Oh, that's good. Oh. That's good. That's really that good. Um, <laughs> let's let's talk about moving on from dialogue here. Um, some of the new uh, random events, and I kind of want to include some of the rebuilt locations into them. What what kind of experiences have you all had with those? Like the the new um, like you're just going along and something just yeah. happens, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I've been fast traveling through a lot of it because I I just wanted to get to the next story beat because I already went through it once and then wanted to go through with another character. So I've, I've probably missed a number of the things that just show up on their own um side note i did finally run into a vengeful mothman for the first time after you know however many hundred hours playing the game but i don't think that's new (laughs) i love i love the mothman i mean obviously why am i even it's like an assumed fact at this point why i even say it in breaking news water is wet uh, and dave likes the mothman (laughs) (laughs) as i'm again wearing a mothman shirt today you look in my closet I'm essentially like like Batman's biggest fan and have all the Batman shirts except instead of Batman it's Mothman the new recent sightings that popped up that actually is Dave he's just in costume uh, <laughs> you know I actually had I've writing had wrongs solving mysteries one day yeah. he'll jump home no lie we have looked at um, how to make mechanical wings um, 
And I'm not kidding you when I say that. You consulted the early work of Leonardo da Vinci? Yes. <laughs> we got the old drawings back out, and we were like, hmm, this man has two arms and two legs and an extra pair of both. Quickly, the popsicle sticks in paper mache. I must yes. to the skies. Mod podge that baby. <laughs> we're gonna see. We're gonna see you on the news. You know, man jumps off cliff, expecting to fly. Mm-hmm. What about uh, you, Ken? What what kind of events have you run into, or interesting locations have you kind of seen? So I have a good one. I remembered from game days that um, we were teased that we want to visit the Mothman cultist shrines now scattered around the map a few times a day because something special happens there. So uh, with our group, we we donned our ritual gear and we had a field trip around the map one night uh, to do some 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 uh, stealthy uh, kind of covert operations into uh, getting into the cultists uh, to to some small uh, degree of success. Most of us ended up triggering them, but uh, eventually we, we we quietly and stealthily watched them. And then around, I don't know, sometime in the night, uh, the Mothman actually showed up. And he's oh. com- he's completely passive. Um, so if you watch from a distance, they'll actually approach him and, you know, pray to him and uh, curry favor, possibly bring him bulbs. Which, um, do you know which Mothman it was? Uh, I can't remember which one. It had... The wise one? I think it, it had green eyes, I think, is the one that we had. I think that's the wise one. I think wise that. one is purple. Oh, um, purple. The green one is. Um, oh, Jesus! I forgot. I should know this. Everyone's disappointed in me now. Never mind. But Go I can't. Remember, uh, yeah, I, I know it had green eyes, but I, the variant I couldn't remember what it was. But if you kill the cultists, uh, it'll just stand there passive, and you can't kill it. It's invulnerable. Um, it's just kind the of a glowing, fun... The glowing Mothman. It's the glowing one. <laughs> the impervious Mothman. Um, the immortal Mothman. <laughs> it is the immortal Mothman. No, I just um, looked it up. It's the glowing. The glowing Mothman. Yep, that must be it. Yep. Uh, with the green eyes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so that, I thought, was kind of a cool thing. It was also kind of a neat field trip to kind of sneak up, and you... The, the chanting and some of the stuff that they say is really interesting. There are a few different holotapes that you want to hop around to find. There are different chapters um, as far as uh, summoning him and building shrines to him. and It's, it's a whole series of sermons. It's, uh, it's kind of how to be a cultist for dummies. So uh, <laughs> we're in the process of collecting all the tapes. I like that. I've, I have a, I have my like theory that I've had since really day one is um, all of the depictions of Mothman are um, different like the the statue in the game um, the uh, the signs and stuff for him aren't the exact depiction as you see Mothman out in the world so I think there's like a like a, a real Mothman like there's many Mothmen but there's only one Mothman and that's uh-huh. the one that's the one that does all of the like predictions and you know does the does the regular mothman business instead of all that disappearing and using some sonar attacks i feel like he's out there kind of waiting in the shadows in a business suit and a trilby and, and then there's like okay well then what if you know you got this jeff lane fellow it's like what happened to him <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh-huh 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 um 
Uh, as far as, um, so I've done a few random events um, and, and, and different stuff, um, but they've gone back and have redone locations. And you may not notice it, I mean, unless you've, you've played the game a lot. Um, but one of the things, they redid Charleston, um, which is, you know, where I'm from, to make it look more like Charleston, which is kind of interesting just from, and, and it's not even like they put more buildings in. They, like, re align things and change some of the destruction to kind of add in more of the neighborhood where I where I live um, more of like a downtown area and more of the streets that align with the capital and the capitals how it's laid out has even been changed to more reflect um, how it is in the real world um, hmm. which I th- uh, that was kind of that's where my campus that was the first place I kind of saw and I was like holy crap they've like really gone back and have kind of aligned things for how they want it. It, it, it. That was kind of the clue that I'm like, okay, I'm playing a different game now. Like I'm, I'm playing kind of an evolved, you know, we, we've all been playing Charmander, but now we're playing, you know, um, uh, <laughs> Charizard at this point, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, huh. So I, I wonder, I mean, it seems like such a, uh, I mean, a, a polish type thing, unless they were absolutely needing to adjust things anyway to fit more locations, or mm-hmm. you know, uh, it seems it seems like they must have more reasons than just hey, we want this to match reality better. But it was it's weird because that's how like that was the weird part for me because I had like you know people from the, the town that sometimes they'll ask me they'll be because like, that don't play games it'll be like hey. Um, I want to see that game with West Virginia, and so I pulled up, and I'm like, "Oh, you know, because most, you know, most people I know live in Charleston." I'm like, "Here's this, here's that," and they're like, "Oh, okay, they don't have this. It kind of looks like that." Now it's it's weird to have it evolve into a more like true to location because everything is pretty true to like I, I mean, outside of like where it is in the map, the actual locations themselves. Like the the ones that are existing in the real world, obviously we do not have Watoga, the city of dreams and technology. Um, but for a lot of the other stuff, it's it's much like that. Uh, that was kind of the first thing that I was I was really impressed with was how not only are there new locations, um, the 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 locations that they had had before, even like static, not static, obviously not now, um, areas that were pretty much laid out like for beginners for like quest lines have, have been slightly changed and moved around which is pretty interesting i think mm-hmm. yeah really interesting uh let's get into companions has anybody gotten any companions um in the game and what has kind of been your experience with those nope i'm not that far along yet well i got uh let's see i found beckett uh i've found the <laughs> you called him grandpa grandpa west johnson uh, yeah, I, I made show notes for this, um, the, for, for the show, and I couldn't remember the names of the companions that you could get. So I wrote in um, uh, uh, Spaceship Girl, Bartender Boy, <laughs> um, Six String Tickler, uh, Raider Punk, and Wes Johnson as Grandpa. Yeah, I got, uh, I got the Wandering Musician. Uh, I yeah, got st- her. Six String Plucker. Yeah, Tickler. that's her. Uh, I got the Raider Punk. Uh, and Grandpa and Beckett is the one that I have active, so I'm finishing all his first before I move on to the other ones. But I still haven't found uh, the astronaut. Wow! Yeah, so I, haven't, you, I haven't found any. <laughs> I don't even know how companions work yet. 
so I managed to get them get, get them all, um, and I've done both of the um, both Spaceship Girl and Bartender Boys uh, particular quests. Um, but I made up a little a little studio for Raider Punk uh, in the camp. Uh, he's probably he's probably my favorite out of them. Um, I, I, I feel like there's some connection there uh, between me and him, where he's like, "Oh, I've got this this radio show, and I'm connected to the cryptid network, and I'm doing all this stuff, and we gotta talk about all the the, the weird cryptids." And I'm curious if <laughs> he's the perfect companion for you. Yeah, um, I'm I'm curious. And he makes like little things like he, he makes remarks about how he's from like he's from he's like lived in northern West Virginia and he has family in West Virginia. There's there's some similarities there, uh, but I'm curious how these other companions are going to kind of evolve over time. Um, so far, my experience with them has been kind of kind of interesting um, just from going around to other people's camps and seeing what people have done, uh, particularly a lot of people have added Beckett into their bars that had already existed, and that feels more real to it, um, as well as like really heavy science areas. They've added the um, uh, Commander Donahue, which is the, as I call her, spaceship girl, uh, into these very like technologically heavy areas. And so I'm curious, like, they've almost become like, instead of just like, oh, they exist in this camp, they become like part of their camp. Like, people have made rooms for them. Um, and I think that's that's really interesting to me, um, and I'm curious how that's going to evolve, um, especially with the uh, n- n- almost pretty much confirmed um, adding in of pets into the game. Um, you know what they need to do is they need to release a bunch of cards you can collect to unlock new companions in the game, and gotta then catch them all, sleep with NPCs, and then and then they've got to let you not only build your camp but like cultivate the land around it and you know eventually you end up on an island with a bunch of cute little animal characters I think that would sell really well it's it's almost I mean that that's the whole that's the whole shtick for Pokemon is that like you know it starts the first game is the last game and it's been like steady extinction of these animals over time anyways um the, <laughs> uh, I've really enjoyed kind of having an extra bit in camp um one thing well uh, never mind let's talk about as (laughs) as i go along here uh let's talk about the new events have either of you tried the new events in the game which are radiation rumble and riding shotgun i have done them both nope still not there either so ken you're ahead of me because i've i have not completed radiation rumble i have found that to be very hard so what has been kind of your experience with both of those uh, T is for teamwork. Um, I find that doing it with a, a team of us, it's super successful um, because we'll designate a few people who have high radiation resistance as runners. And then the rest of us will just kind of protect everybody else. Um, so we'll have people stationed in the front entryway along the two hallways uh, and then in the back part. Um, and doing that has been super effective. So my my big thing is like i will go and join that event and wait for the like all any event that i join i generally wait for people to show up but you kind of need to be over level 50 and like have a game plan when you're doing radiation rumble and it seems like it's almost catered towards people that are in a group that are on mic and it's like this event is something that would work way better if you can have very open communication with people 
Yeah, I agree. It's like there are two other events kind of like that. One is encrypted, which for the most part, I don't know why people still waste ammo on the imposter sheep squatch when he's vulnerable. And people like nobody bothers to activate the pylons. <laughs> really, you just want to scream, somebody activate the pylons. The other one is Arctos, where you kind of have to have people split up and have a game plan to take each one of those areas and fill the feeders uh, as opposed to just kind of running around willy nilly. Right. I could do that one when it released because everybody kind of was learning and, and was active in that. But now I, can, I haven't managed to complete it correctly or if just I've like traveled to the event, waited around, see if it's kind of like, you know, wait around, see if people show up. And I'm just kind of kicking my legs, you know, in the curb and going, well, I guess nobody's coming <laughs> to my birthday party in the week. Oh, we, we go ahead and leave. Um, my favorite. If, anybody, event, if any fans are listening, Dave, Dave needs a team. We, Dave I, needs I the need, A team. I need, I need a team for the the um, the weird hours that I will will play this game uh, because I do not keep a regular schedule with when <laughs> when that may happen. Sometimes it's like, all right, it's five a.m. I'm up and going. Uh, I'm not doing anything this morning, so I'm gonna go play a little bit of Fallout. Uh, and sometimes it's like, you know, most of the time I'm in bed by eleven. Anyways, let's enough about my personal schedule. <laughs> Um, let's talk about some riding shotgun, which is my favorite, I think, event in the game. Um, first of all, it introduces you to that new faction, the Blue Ridge Caravan. Um, it Each time you do the quest, um, you get a different set of people from the caravan, and they have dialogue and banter between them that's different for the most part after the first like you eventually see it all but for most consecutive times you do it like the first second third time you're gonna get a different kind of of um of dialogue between these characters and it almost adds to their mystique as like they, they start existing as like actual characters in your head um and then not only are you doing uh, the event is where you like protect a Brahmin all the way through a Brahmin pack all the way through a tunnel. Um, you also have to, um, if you want to, you can get um, these extra supplies, which also don't count towards your chances of uh, uh, your reward rolls. If you're looking for Blue Ridge Caravan plants, they only affect caps at the end of it. Um, but I always do it because, you know, I stand myself as an upstanding member of the Blue Ridge Caravan. Um, one of the interesting things... I guess lore-wise is um, the Blue Ridge Caravan not only opens up uh, a new event, it kind of opens up a potential future um, for maybe places that we would be going or people that we would be interacting with because I th everybody kind of wants more with them, um, particularly after in, in doing this event and kind of getting their personalities. And the Blue Ridge Parkway is like a real parkway in the, mm -hmm. like, Virginia that goes through the Appalachian Mountains. Um, and it goes pretty much from like south of DC, um, which I mean, that's people that live in south of DC, you know, that's a very, very large area. Um, pretty much down to North Carolina, um, Tennessee in that area. Um, it's one of the like, it's one of the places that I had to study in college. It's, it's funny, all of this like college education is finally going to something fun like video games. Um, so <laughs> So it's it's interesting to see if it has any connection to DC in the future, um, and what kind of um, what kind of content. May, there's a few nods across the game that I think we're going to get to here in a bit of of where it could go. Um, 
and the Blue Ridge Caravan is one of those. I think they're my favorite faction that they've introduced. Um, we talked a little bit about the Cult of Mothman, and then they've added in um, the uh, are they called Blood Raiders? Blood Eagles? Blood Eagles? Blood um, Eagles? And I wonder if they're going to add in the Crip Crows, and that way you got the Bloods and the Crip. Uh, uh, I see what you did there. Oh, oh! Uh, <laughs> just keep making weird sounds. Um. So, so what all have you seen of the end game itself? Um, like you all aren't there yet for the gold billion system, um, and kind of the grind for reputation. What all have yeah. you read anything of interest or seen anything or have any opinions before you've even started that on that kind of system? I do. Uh, well, I've got it from a community perspective. Um, so once you complete the vault raid, um, kind of the end game then is then grinding for for more rep with the faction, um, or grinding for bullion if you want to really start crafting the armor. We had uh, a couple of different problems that that popped up that they dealt with. One was people uh, duping and somehow uh, hacking, getting access to the plans. So there was a ban wave. They took that out of the equation. Um, a lot of the community was complaining about, one, um, the the plans are character locked. So when you take the time to go through this grind, which will take you quite a while if you want all of the plans and you need all of the plans, it's going to take you quite a while to kind of grind them through because you can only get so much uh, gold per day, so it's kind of limited there. Um, so you, you kind of have to put the the effort in. And then once you've done that on one character, you can't pass it to another. Uh, the, they also can't be dropped or traded, so you, you have to follow through on it if you really want, if you want all the plans. Because of that, it's the first time they've done anything like that. Uh, the community was kind of in a huffle about it. The question came up uh, by Juice Edit, ironically enough. He'd asked a question about the the gold rate being adjusted, and that's something that they don't want to do, partly because Bethesda uh, is trying to, to slow things down. Um, their response essentially was to get people to take the time to go through, keep playing the game, to work towards a goal, as opposed to be able to power through it and get all of the plans quickly. I think their intent was to try and slow people down from doing the game too quickly and then hungry for, for what's next when they've put all of this time into creating Wastelanders and now it's starting over again. Um, I'm not sure if that was entirely effective because people kind of did it anyway and some people just aren't bothering working through the plans. Um, so I guess we'll see how that plays out. From from my perspective, um, oftentimes I don't have like when I log on, like I don't have enough time to let's say like go through, do a nuclear silo, go through, launch it a scorched beast, be able to craft like go and do gardening while you're at it, which I call it extreme gardening. Um, when you when you go <laughs> in the nuke zone, you start like getting your flux and stuff. It's a good name for it. Hardcore gardening. Let's get out our shovels. Um, so. It's been really nice um, as in this this game is kind of my quote unquote like online game that I'm that I obviously follow and and go through. And so to me, this billion system, um, which I love saying billion, 
um, bouillon. Like bouillon. It's like, did they put it in the soup? Um, so one of my favorite things is this do system um, because it allows me to log on um, and for 30 minutes be able to work towards something like concrete. Like I'm, I'm always kind of on that grind of it. Um, it doesn't take away from the experience because generally I have like a general route that I'll go and run um, while still trying to, I'm still trying to check out most of the new, I'm trying to revisit every location in the game to see what's changed and kind of re-experience it a little bit. Um, but for me, I've managed to, what, what have I bought? I bought the Secret Service armor and jetpack, um, which is plenty of fun. You've heard me talk about that. Um, I'm close to getting ally with the Raiders and that's when you get the um, Goss Gatling gun, which automatically is um, uh, automatic. Just that's my joke. It's automatically um, automatic. <laughs> uh, but it also, the more you fire it, the more damage it does. And it also affects from explosive perks. So it's kind of like it has a furious effect and an explosive effect. Plus, if you roll a good one, you can have two, like three other legendary effects with it. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting that and the ammo crafting machine. Uh, that's kind of high on my list of things that I want to go for. Um, that reminds that's gonna- me of, uh, of something super important um, that I was cautioned about when I first got started. Since the uh, purveyor has moved from the train station now to the rusty pick, uh, as much script as you can, start converting it to modules. The uh, You're going to need the modules if you're going to want to craft that stuff. So I've been converting all of the script as opposed to normally I'd try and get a, a legendary drop from her. I've just been focusing on on getting modules instead. Frankly, uh, I that's what I've been doing because, like, if you've been playing this game and you have a build and your odds of getting, because you're rolling a few things when you go to the purveyor. You're rolling first of all what what kind of weapon you're going to get. Um, not only that, you're rolling what kind of legendary effects you're going to have. Whereas if you just buy a legendary module, you go to your workbench, you know exactly the item that you're rolling. Um, but then it's it's a rank of um, you're rolling how many stars it has plus what effects. To right. me, that seems better, um, especially if you're like trying to work up and build a perfect set. Like you're gonna continue rolling, and your best thing that you have, you're kind of gonna keep. And you're gonna be like, okay, this is what I'm gonna use. So like right now, I only have a two star unyielding, um, like Secret Service chest. And I'm like, oh, that's good enough. I don't really need a three star right now. I can roll that whenever I want. Um, and almost going into the purveyor and rolling those random legendaries hasn't been as lucrative. Um, mm, definitely not. <laughs> as finding them out in the wild. And now it's like, okay, now that I'm kind of building plans and I've already kind of have a character set up, it's most legendaries that I find. I'm just like throwing in my, like with this game, you kind of like get your script up really high. You have these legendary modules. Um, and I'm mostly just throwing them in my vending machine. I made a, I've made a lot of money. I've made the most money um, in this <laughs> I've game. Made all the money. I made all the money. <laughs> um, I, and I've been following my own practices and advice. Just of, of I don't price anything above three thousand caps, and it just gets bought up. It's like, and I'm talking about like, there's some like good stuff. Like there's some stuff that probably I could sell for a lot more, but I just don't care enough to like go through the the trouble of getting mules and doing all the different stuff. Um, so with this new grinding system, it's kind of made other weapons and other things, even if you already have a good roll, um, kind of pointless to grind for unless it's like the new shiny one, you know. I'm all about that new shiny stuff. 
yeah, I think at this point I'm at max caps on on both of my characters, and I've got nothing to spend it on. A lot of people, especially on PC, took down their vending machines um, because they haven't still figured out what's going on with the stash glitch that's going on. Um, so I have I've been sitting on all these caps that I I can't spend on anything. So before we talk about the future, um, I kind of want to get everyone's uh, kind of a discussion question um, kind of rolling that I think is the question that a lot of um, internet personalities um, as well as news outlets have kind of been asking themselves from people that have been with this game from day one. Uh, do you think that uh, Wastelanders has quote unquote saved Fallout 76? Go ahead. Go I ahead, guess Ken. I guess that depends on your perspective. Um, I've enjoyed this game from the beginning um, a great deal, but um, my experience hasn't been everyone's. I think it's incredibly encouraging that the Steam reviews for the game are exceptionally glowing um, in a way that the original launch of the game was not. A lot of people who, even uh, vloggers, YouTubers, who bailed on the game quickly or wouldn't even touch it, have now picked it up and have been playing it. Um, that being said, a lot of them are are now shifting their focus to other games because, like a lot of people did, they powered through everything too quickly. So um, the week that it launched, we were getting uh, counted between thirty to 40,000 viewers on Twitch, as an example, for people who were watching 76 there. Uh, now that's down to like 1,000 to 3,000 or so. Um, sometimes it's a little higher than that on the weekends. Um, I think it's a great start and it gives a roadmap for the future. Um, when we get that roadmap, we'll have kind of an idea of where the game is going. But I think they finally cracked the secret sauce about what everybody wants because this really ticked off a lot of boxes for even for people who played the first year game. Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing with saving this game, quote unquote, saving the game was getting uh, people's confidence back in the team that's behind this and Bethesda in general and, and people trusting that they're going to be doing their best to be listening to people and putting out good content. And I think for the most part, they've, they've done well. I mean, the, in a lot of different ways, the dialogue system, having people in the environment, even just some of these fundamental changes um, and, and delaying it to polish it a certain amount. And it's not without its problems still, but I, I think that they are showing that they're, they said they were committed. They're showing that they're committed and they're moving forward with that. And I think that that gets rid of a lot of the fear that people had of them just putting out a product that wasn't going to work very well and then just kind of letting it be crappy. I think that a lot of the people maybe that finished it too quick, I think, fail to understand what this update is. So not only is it um, new quests, new different things, um, they have completely redone how content works in the game just through, through dialogue. Um, not only that, through reputation with fact with factions they've laid down these almost foundational blocks that have elevated the game i think to put it in a place where they can just start growing it um they can i mean you know and i don't i don't run a video game studio or know anything about it but i'd imagine 
that instead of working on foundational elements, you can focus more on not only polish, but I mean, you can just have writers start writing quests. And it's like you already have a dialogue system set up. You already know how that works. You've already got these reputation systems. And so to me, it's in in comparison to revamping a dialogue system and, and creating all this stuff from scratch, it seems would seem a lot easier to add in more factions like Brotherhood of Steel, like all of these different things that people want, add in more quests at a at a quicker rate and not saying that this is going to be like everything content takes time. Um, but I but think yeah, that, you're setting the foundation for that. Right. And right. I think that now you're getting to, a, I think you've gotten to a place where they want to build fallout and they're not making another fallout for years and years and years. Um, they've got to do Starfield and elder scrolls next. Um, but they have laid this foundation so that they can continue to tell fallout stories and have that fan base kind of playing and 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 engage in a game um and i think that's what they really wanted from i mean the get from when 76 released was to have this kind of world where the fallout fans and 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 people that play the game can kind of get content that they're making um at a quicker rate than just having your numbered releases as you go along. I mean, I'm sure that there's going to be a Fallout 5, but I mean, right now, I mean, if you look at the gap from from it's a, Sky- de- it's a decade off, yeah, right, yeah. from Skyrim to 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 the next one, um, Elder Scrolls Six. Um, yeah, you've had Elder Scrolls Online fill that gap of saying, okay, we want to continue telling Elder Scrolls stories, but we also want to work on these different things, and so, I mean some of those quests and stories have won like writing awards like that they've done in ESO um, so it seems like that that now they have this foundation with this update frankly it's my f- right now it's my favorite fallout game um, I think that that um, you have you have the most um, amount of people f- in this game focusing on what it's like to rebuild after an apocalypse like what everybody is thinking all of the factions make sense to me like the the raiders are the best raiders first of all in a fallout game um yeah, they're not yep they're not villains um they are i guess we, we can kind of get into a discussion about that after this but you have all of these different elements that are that are kind of firing on all cylinders that are hitting hitting these baselines that i think are really going to explode into what the game could be um so for me it's not uh, like i love fallout 76 as it existed in the beginning but i think this really allows a platform for bethesda to access its its widest audience possible well it's also you can tell so much bigger stories and bridge the gap with fans of the original games who were looking for more of a traditional experience Um, At the Reddit AMA that we had a few weeks back, they teased that the Brotherhood is keeping an eye very closely on Appalachia, which is a a tease to indicate that at some point we could see the Brotherhood return, maybe something with the Enclave. Um, I think bringing back some of those are the two most popular factions that have really been in the games that people just love so much. So if there was a way that they could be brought in and have it make sense. I think that would be amazing for people to want to play. Um, 
being able to go to different places and expand the landmass is something else that would be amazing to to go back to DC or even Philadelphia which isn't too far off would would allow for some really awesome storytelling yeah yeah Hey, uh, side note, I actually just tackled the Brotherhood in 76 in the most recent Fallout Lorecast. Nice. So, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of potential for bringing that story around again because they've they've set a foundation for how the Brotherhood was there and what happened. Right. And they, they there's lots of different directions you can go with that. So what kind of what, what kind of directions do you all see or think can happen? And that could be just based off of what you want or some in-game things that they've said. You know, not even in-game, but even in the AMA. Um, what kind of things do you think that they're going to get to or want to get to within the, the current situation? Well, I, I think um, I think Ken is absolutely right. In, and they've almost basically said that the Brotherhood is going to return. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that occurs and what role they play. Um, I think that it would be... So it may be really, really interesting to me if they're going to commit to this game being a thing that evolves and year after year is different for us to eventually solve the Scorched Plague altogether or like we mentioned in the the show, have have a... a cure and it would be it would be amazing if say four or five years from now scorch beasts and scorch aren't even in the environment at all they're gone so you can say i remember when we fought the scorched plague and now they're gone and and there's some other big bad and there's some other thing going on that we have to deal with but you know and maybe there's corpses of the scorched around but they're now just you know part of the history of the place i think that would be really cool that would be amazing. And people, uh, early on, um, some of the theories about what Wastelanders was going to be, people thought that over time, our dropping nukes would seal the fissures. And then eventually with Wastelanders, we will seal the Fisher Prime finally, and it would be safe for people to return. We didn't get that, but I think it's interesting that so many people thought that that made sense. That I think it would, like you said, make sense for that to happen eventually for us to, to cure the plague and move on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to see world-changing events that, you know, Dave talked about, they changed the map. It doesn't look exactly the same. And that's one little example, or the idea that, you know, there were no NPCs. To have that experience, you can't have that experience now, because there are NPCs. And to be able to say, I was there when, is is kind of a really cool thing, because it's a real-world thing. You know, we talk about like, oh, yeah, I was there when I saw that band on tour and there were only 50 people in the audience, you know, but now they're pulling in, you know, tens of thousands of people in every show. You can't go back and have that 50 people in the audience experience. Either you were there or you weren't. And I think that's a really cool thing to have in a video game because it's something that's very rare. I think for just for the next year, I think they're going to stick I mean, through throughout 2020, I think they're going to stick with the map that they have um, and kind of build stories off of that rather than going out to other um, like they're going to could revamp locations within the map. But like rather than going out to D.C. or, um, you know, I don't know, Vegas, (laughs) you know, if they if they do follow a similar ESO type schedule, then they're going to make it'll be like a die 
bi-yearly process. I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's the right phrase. So you'll have a year of expanding the content within what's in already there. And then maybe Mm -hmm. a year of making everything broader or wider. So adding a new zone, adding a, an actual purchasable expansion that adds content that wouldn't be part of the main one, but still leaving the main one available for everyone to play. And you don't necessarily need the new content, but you could go play it, you know, or, I don't know. Uh, they, they could take this a lot of different ways, but you could have a complete other zone that tells other stories without taking away from anything that's happening in the current zone. Right. Or you can, you can modify. I mean, like for, for example, I was thinking about Vegas and I was like, well, how would they be able to do something like that? And I'm like, well, there's a casino in the Greenbrier, like in real life. And so it's like, okay, well, what if they added like an extra floor where it was like, oh, this is the casino and we're adding in like poker tables and we're adding in like slot machines and it's all going to connect to the boot. Like you can start seeing how it's, it's very easy to, to go off the foundation that they've laid with this update. I would love that was, I love that in new Vegas playing card games and the slot machines. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that in here is something fun to do. Like it could be social. Somebody else. Yeah, yeah, someone else. I can't remember. It was in our Discord. They said, "Wouldn't it be amazing if the video, the board games that we pick up around Appalachia had a playable variant, where you could actually sit around and play with friends in game?" In the same way that you get these Pip Boy games, it would be awesome to sit down with your friends and play a board game in game. That would be awesome. Yeah. So, re- reading the AMA, it seems like that there's two things that they have kind of alluded to that they they want to do. Um, the first being um, the Mothman cult. I think that they want to do more with that. And kind everybody of, is asking, yeah, yeah, people want to join the Mothman cult. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I I would join. That would be my number one faction. <laughs> I like in real life. If they were like, oh, we're gonna make a cult for Mothman, I'm like, you know what? Just sign me up. Just you know, <laughs> take me down. Uh, the other thing is that they have they have said, and I think the quote is that the Brotherhood of Steel has been watching Appalachia very closely, um, and so it all but confirms that the Brotherhood of Steel, in some form or fashion, will be returning to the world of Fallout seventy six. Um, yeah. One of the interesting theories that I think we can all talk about is um, in the um, uh, in the settlers' camp. There's this character named Samuel who is quote from a vault. Um, and wears vault tech gear, uh, but doesn't have a pit boy, but is really into vaults. Um, mm. And there's there's a th- there's a theory running around that he could be a spy for certain factions. Um, the the main ones being uh, the Brotherhood or the Enclave. Um, both of those I've I've heard and read online. Um, and mm. so th- there's kind of these these places that you can kind of pick up and. And tell that there's there's something going on, something is happening um, within the game. Um, the, there's a full post up for the AMA that you can go and kind of read and see what they're thinking about. Um, see some of their thoughts on what um, one I think that they're calling it one wasteland, which is their big overhaul for the um, balances to everything, um, which sounds interesting. Uh, but other than that, I think that wraps up of our discussion. Uh, so I mean. Now would be a good time if we wanted to um, get out the old uh, classic Abraxo box. Yeah, I've got. A, I already got them right here. I'm stacking them up. How many? How, how many tall are we going today? I w- I wouldn't exactly say that we're 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 building it tall. Um, I would say that more we're um, more girth. You know what? Let's I mean wider. 
<laughs> let's uh, let's stack them up here and make like a little cave and get inside because we're going to dig deep into some some <laughs> some weird dark mysteries uh, that have arrived with Lacelanders. So let's let's crowd into this little cave here. Are we all going to are we all going to fit in there? There's room. Come on. All right. All right. We we have to break social distancing guidelines in order to do this. Oh. I'm just letting you know. All right. It's, it's this okay. is a little uncomfortable, but uh, I have a ahead. piece of paper wrapped around my face. I'm fine. <laughs> All right. I think we're good. Let's, now that we're here, yeah. I believe, Jin, you have been following this mystery uh, more closely, I think, than any of us. Uh, what exactly has been happening, Ben? Well, let me tell you. It's been uh, quite the mystery. I first got wind of it um, when Juicehead had shared that the data miners Discord, the official one, uh, or the unofficial official one, um, that's been running behind the scenes that um, works from part to time with uh, Bethesda on solving problems, had been cracking a unique mystery um, to the slight uh, southwest of uh, Spruce Knob has appeared a set of guide stones, uh, standing stones that look um, almost similar to the ones that you'd see around rings um, over in the UK. So kind of like Stonehenge, they're, they're a little more flat, they're not as thick, but the unusual thing, if you're not paying attention, is they have some kind of random designs on them. And if you didn't pay too much attention, you wouldn't realize what they were. When I found out that there was this investigation in these guide stones, um, Juice had invited in publicly for the first time. They opened it up to the public and started allowing people in because they were trying to crack this mystery. And that's where things got really weird and interesting, where they had linguists. Uh, there was an army code breaker. Uh, ex-military in there. They had a whole variety of people working with with waveforms and uh, Photoshop, um, possibly some beads and a spirit ball. Uh, it, it was a very a complex undertaking, <laughs> but it it got to a dead end. What they found out is that the the etching on the guide stones is part of a single image that's broken up between the stones. So if you assemble them, it looks like something. Um, the theory is that it's a map, but it's hard to tell what the map goes to. If it aligns to uh, something on the surface, other people think that it's an underground map. Other people think that it's a dimensional map where we're looking at things from a different perspective. Um, <laughs> that has something to do with, with uh, Cthulhu mythos or aliens or... There's a variety of different theories. Um, what the data miners have determined is there are pieces of a quest that you can start to uncover where there are references to the Atlas Observatory, which has been in the game since the beginning, but hasn't had a purpose. If you go there and explore it, you find out that the Atlas was a device that was being constructed with military contracting money that is an atmospheric terraforming device. So it's not so much a telescope as it is a device that would manipulate the weather. When they started building it, um, they were able to, to get it semi-successful locally 
to affect local weather before, ironically enough, on the eve of the Great War, it was mysteriously shut down. The government canceled everything and wasn't going to do anything more with it. They were going to use it as a weapon. So everything was shut down. After the bombs dropped, the lead scientists that had been developing it had realized that this device could restart civilization. He would be able to use it to terraform the planet, get rid of the radiation, and restart the life cycle in some areas that were hit harder. He got it to the point where he almost completely repaired the device before he died of unnatural causes or uh, he was shot or killed or eaten or something. You find his body, but you don't really find out what happened after that. There are locked terminals and there are some spots there with a module that you can insert something into that looks a lot like the module that you install that you get from Modus that reconnects you to the Kovac Muldoon platform. There's a receptacle like that on the outside of the building. So the theory is that this map is the start of a quest that will tie to the investigator's cabin, um, that will tie to Atlas, and you will be able to contact something in space. Um, At this point in time, Mothership Zeta, which you ran into in Fallout 3 from the DLC, is still up there observing. Mm -hmm. So um, they think that this is part of a quest where you can make contact with aliens. Based on the data that's in the files, it looks like you can make two decisions. Um, Either you can uh, issue a warm greeting or you can issue a threat. And based on that, it's going to trigger a series of events. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But I would love to see, as part of a quest, you get this thing fired up. Because I think it would look ridiculously cool. Uh, So if you have to use it as as, as a weapon to kill something or take something down. It's interesting to to kind of see it evolve to this level with it being on these guide stones and with it being connected to that quest through through some of what the data miners have found because I mean last year probably around this time um, I was uh, there was a I think it was Rick McVick from that Fallout show uh, was talking about it and he had started up on the, the We Just Love Games Discord kind of this separate channel where uh, we were talking about the Horse Creek petroglyphs which are a real thing in in, in, in um in real life uh but also is mentioned in in fallout um and that's when we kind of ran across these images uh that were green with black lines and they made out these symbols and we were like individually piecing them together to try to make the best map that we could and shifting them a certain way and it it wouldn't line up um and that was before they even put the guidestones into the game and then once they did that, it was like this whole thing kind of exploded out into what it is now, uh, which is kind of uh, almost like an in-game, uh, almost ARG. Um, one of the things, one of the things to remember when you're playing a, an ARG or something like you're going into talking about Mount Chiliad or you're talking about these other things. Like your expectations are most certainly, um, if you're following it really closely, but your expectations are most certainly going to be dashed. <laughs> just part of part of that um part of the game of that because obviously people hype up something enough that they can they can be uh quite disappointed when it's something that maybe obviously you start drawing connections and you're thinking that this thing connects to everything um when really it only connects to maybe like two things that you had thought about and it's 
quote unquote disappointing. Um, so I'm interested to see what they're going to do um, with that. I think they're going to let that sit for a while. I don't think we're going to hear anything more about it for a good bit. Um, you know, it would be fascinating in a way is it would be interesting because the game itself is a dynamic entity. I think they're they're playing with different concepts to see what sticks. But imagine if they took the threads of a puzzle and kind of threw it out there to see what we would make of it before they decided what to do with it fully. Mm-hmm. Or, or just kind of drop them in ever so slightly without ever announcing them. Yeah, which historically they have done with some of the previous updates. You get these little sneak peeks into what's coming next. Yeah, yeah. And then, in fact, it might even be fun to roll out some sort of major event without saying that it's coming until it occurs. And then letting us find it and then once someone reports on it say hey this is a thing go check it out so and so discovered it you know and let it be audience generated originally rather than hyped by the company first and they're 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 used to doing that because they did that with the grafton pawn shop as kind of the teaser for wastelanders yep where they didn't say anything and they were like oh um somebody just found it like I can go in this pawn shop and there's like some weird notes in here and then it takes you on the quest to, uh, and I'm not I, I did it before so I'm not sure if you have to do that again for the um, the main class I think you have to do it again for the main quest for Wastelanders to figure out the code to get into the um, the vault but it, it creates a very organic uh, experience with people wanting to constantly be logging back in because they might be the one who discovers something that nobody else saw before yeah, like when this first broke, I mean, everybody was was on there and people were exploring different regions of the map and taking pictures. And mm-hmm. it, it got the community really active around trying to crack this mystery. And the, the data miners uh, channel for it was just blowing up. It was impossible to, to keep up with. I think uh, when Dave got in there, that the chat was moving so fast those first days, it was hard to even see what were legit clues versus complete nonsense. Yeah, yeah. It, it to me, this feels like a more natural end game. I mean, you could be grinding items and fighting the same monsters over and over again, but something like this feels way more natural. Again, to the way the real world works, you know, you go back to a location and it's not the exact same as it was when you were there before. And maybe this time there's a note on the counter, and you just go, "Wait, that note wasn't there before." It says a thing, and it has coordinates. Then you right. go to the coordinates, and then and then you tell your friends, and you post it online, and someone says, "Hey, they found this thing," and then other people go check it out, and they go, "Hey, this does have a thing," and then you you know collectively figure it out together, and that seems like to me, I don't really want to grind end gear equipment because that's not why I play these games, but to do something like that and learn some lore from it and have that experience with other people is a lot more engaging, even though it's less mechanically video game driven or traditionally video game mechanically driven type content. And And I remember when they did the Wastelanders, um, not Wastelanders, the Wild Appalachia update when they first started it, I mean, they had this whole sheep squatch quest and at the end of it, you don't get the, you don't, you don't see the sheep squatch at the end of it. And over the next weeks, they were like, adding more notes and little miscellaneous quests into the game yes. that led up to them releasing an event yeah. where you actually saw the Sheep Squatch and you like would even have random events where you would have a bunch of um, dead super mutants that were just full of quills and it was just a mysterious quill and you were like 
it's out there. I know it's out there. We just haven't found it yet. And I think that's like really cool when they do stuff like that. Yeah. I remember so, the night that that broke on uh, line where people were like, what's this free range quest that popped up? And they're like, oh my God, it's thing is shooting us. And what's going on here? <laughs> well, what, what better to do that with than aliens, which are just like, I mean, you've got cryptids, right? And cryptids all seem to be kind of otherworldly and yet somehow naturally part of the environment. Maybe, maybe not. But then you bring in the aliens, and all of a sudden, you just that just blows up. If I had to speculate, just kind of using background of what Bethesda's like to include in this game, and kind of some like you know the alternative, as I like to call it, the alternative West Virginia history. Um, dealing with all this investigator's cabin and this dude being hunted, and there was some stuff in the data mine about talking about a black site um, and, and connecting up some of the alien stuff. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they added in um, uh, their version of um, Indrid Cold, um, which is, I guess, the antithesis of the Mothman, who is what um, a lot of like the Men in Black and stuff are, are based off of. Um, he's kind of this investigator that's been seen um, throughout most of the world. Um, I, I thought it was just West Virginia, but I read more into it, and people have had stories about this person around most of the world. Um, and he's considered an alien that investigates and tries to figure out these um, mysteries, uh, particularly by intimidating and threatening people. That's how um, I do it. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> the most effective um, way. If you watch the movie The Mothman Prophecies, um, you, you mainly are following the story of Indrid Cold rather than actually Mothman. Um, himself, Most and of it's the actually that, the actor is actually injured. Cold also who plays that role, which is super super good catch. Uh, I, I'm surprised. You know, he has a pretty high budget. I'm surprised yeah. they got him for it. <laughs> but that would align with aliens and kind of them trying to use some of the the real life history. And I mean, video game influences of injured. Cold, um, particularly probably the most famous one is um, G Man from Half Life. Um, are, he's very much influenced by the accounts of Injured Cold, as well as um, if you played XCOM, uh, they have the Thin Men, um, yeah, yeah, which look and are very inspired by Injured Cold as well. Spooky stuff. I like it. All right, so we shall see where it. Uh, we shall see where it all goes. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm I'm all for more aliens encrypted stuff. Keep that stuff coming. I think everybody likes that stuff. The other thing that uh, had broke early on when people first logged in was going to Zeneca Seneca Rocks. Uh, noticed that there was something unusual on the side of it. Now um, that looked like a scorch piece, but when you get closer, you realize it's it's not crucified and harpooned up there. Um, is something that. Dave and I think is the Thunderbird. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm. A lot of people think it is like a prototype sorch piece that they had put into the game files, and that may be the case. But I also think it's a Thunderbird because let me. I have a tattoo of a Thunderbird, and and in the book American Gods, um, that's where the Thunderbirds are. Is there in West Virginia? Um, so this is my case, Bethesda. If you hear this, please put a Thunderbird in the game. Have me ride it and shoot lightning at my enemies from a high. I want. Yeah. I want to see one fight a scorch beast. That would be amazing. Scorch Beast Thunderbird battle. 
bird they, like, battle. They get all cut, they all get all tangled up and then like tumble to the ground and yeah. Yeah, yeah, if they did that in Watoga, I, I have this. My one of my constant pitches is um, that uh, Robco obviously has their their offices there, and they have been working on a prototype, um, Liberty Prime. And then there's an event where you summon, like you get enough salvage to summon Liberty Prime, and it fights a scorched beast, and it's like the best kaiju battle you've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, do it. Can you get in its head and like pilot it? That would be even cooler. As long as you get belt buckles that give you a special suit. Um, oh wait, we have the ranger armor, so I mean, now we just need um, uh, swords that we can combine to form one big sword and put it in a circle. That's it. Any Power Rangers stance? We we got it. Uh, my son watched a lot of Power Rangers. Form blazing sword. That's good. All right. Well, very cool stuff. Can we get out of the box now? It's a little yeah, let's, let's get out of the box. I think okay. it's going to collapse on us. Okay, good, good, good. Ah, oh, fresh air. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining me again this week. As fun, very, as fun, as usual, very fun and informative. That was the very sentence fun. that was trying to get out of my mouth. <laughs> it was nice to have everybody here together. Um, this is the first time we haven't had a guest, but so it's been, I've enjoyed your company very much. Gentlemen. Yeah, well, well, now everybody knows what it's like just hanging out with us in the vault every day before people just kind of show up here unexpectedly. So, you got you got a real glimpse inside the vault this time. Mm. Congratulations. I need to head down to uh, the quartermaster, Mr. Handy, and see if he can requisition me a replacement toothbrush. So you mean yeah, to tell me you got in luck. this cave and you didn't brush your teeth, you monster? Well, well he didn't I- want to have, like, peat breath. <laughs> no offense, Pete, but you did use his toothbrush. So I feel like Pete Breath would be a 1990s commercial for mint flavored bubblegum. Mm. Or, or somebody that made a really, a really nice, um, like a herbal alternative with Pete Gravel. <laughs> Pete Boss Chews. We are, we are clearly out of jokes. Thank you for joining me this week. How can, uh, guys, how can people reach out to you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dave Chaffins, um, and you can find me on Instagram there as well. Uh, and I do this other show called Mystery Time Live. Uh, and uh, you can find me um, staying home and practicing safe uh, medical and sex. health practices. Oh, not, not safe sex. Nope. Sorry. None of that. Ken? No safe sex. Unsafe sex. <laughs> Only unsafe. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Unsafe Sex. Um, you can find me at Fallout 76 Podcast on all social media platforms uh, and Fallout76Podcast.com. Awesome. And if you're interested in other shows on the Robots Radio Network, similar to this one, go check out RobotsRadio.net. And you can follow me and my postings about Robots Radio type stuff and my own thoughts on uh, the uh, Robots Radio Twitter at Robots underscore Radio. And should go check out my other shows on the network, including the Fallout Lorecast and the Elder Scrolls Lorecast and the Cyberpunk Lorecast and the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. I've got a bunch of Lorecasts going on lately. So that's where you can hey get man, hold of me. I heard you like Lorecast, so we put some Lorecasts in your Lorecast. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> oh, so this is fun news um, to wrap this up. Just uh, yesterday, Fallout Lorecast topped 400,000 plays. Wow, Good that's impressive. Lord. 
Yeah, four hundred thousand. So I guess people like the show. So yeah, that's I, I kind of went. I went. People must like this Lorecast thing. So I'll guess I'll try it some other ways too. So far, so good. So yeah, thank you everybody for listening. I'm I'm very flattered that you guys keep coming back to hear me, you know, yammer on about lore stuff. So um, thank you so much for being there, and I'm glad you guys are tuning into this show as well. So thanks for hanging out with all of us. That's kind of the big thing for us. I know um, three of us. Enjoy the community and being able to chat with everybody. Oh, and by the way, you can check out the Robots Radio Discord for more community chat about stuff. So, yes, indeed. Lots of lots of fun ways to plug in. So, all right, guys. Well, until until next time, stay safe. Have safe sex, not unsafe sex, or no sex. That's also safe. You know, or just you do you when it comes to your intimate. Man, this went completely the wrong direction all don't right, forget we'll to get your pets spayed or neutered spay and pet yeah and, and pet them too pet your spay pets. and pet the pets spay, spay and pet your pets pet your spays and spay your pets mm-hmm. yep and we'll talk to you next time all right see you guys Vault Dwellers, join me, Jax's Sassy Lady Rover, Eric, and the Creator Maverick as we take topics from the Fallout universe and discuss them with other diverse individuals. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcast. You can follow us on YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it using at FalloutRTD. You can send us an email using FalloutRTD at gmail.com. Join us. The conversation has already started.